the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right, the time is 6.10 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I was looking at an article just here recently about Tom Brady actually having a pattern of not shaking the hands of different quarterbacks um, in past Super Bowls. Eli Manning was one of them. Apparently, he just wouldn't do it. So maybe, maybe you guys, Tom Brady uh, have a, has a character issue here going on. Um, just, you know, it's it's just, that's bizarre with the kind of success this guy has had. How do you not exercise that overt principle of honor <clears throat> where honor is due uh, just because you lose a Super Bowl? That's just really amazing. Let me go to line number four and talk with David in San Leandro. David, are you there uh, in San Leandro? What's your question, observation, or comment? How can you earn respect if you don't, if no one, if no one likes you? Ooh, that's tough. Ooh, that's tough. David, that's a tough one. Well, first, it has to start with knowing that you are valuable uh, because of God having created you in his own image and in his own likeness. And then it's, it's, it has to be that we act in a certain way regardless of whether people like us or not. And ultimately, the good that we do will actually be noticed by others. So um, let me just share a little bit more with you uh, my own experience. And I agree with the profound nature of your question, David. Um, Everyone is not going to like you. That's just the world we live in. uh, And we have to grow up and figure that out. And once we kind of get that, we have to now learn to live for God uh, and not necessarily for people, except for the people that we do like, um, do love and care about, of whom we really do want them to like us. But they may not like us either. And we have to live with that as well. Um, This is why God says that he is a father to the fatherless. He is a father to the desolate. He is a father to the widow and those who are cast out. He is a father to those who are despised and rejected because that was the condition that his son met when he came to this earth to be our substitute and our savior. So our Lord is a man of sorrows acquainted with griefs, and he knows all of that kind of rejection, uh, David. And so if you are experiencing that kind of rejection, Um, just know that your savior, the Lord Jesus went through it too. And that God is your comfort. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And, and also remember, because if you were talking about yourself, um, first of all, not everybody does not like you. I like you. Is that okay? It's fine enough. Okay. And then, and then there are other people, David, who like you too. But you may not you may not even know them. 
You may not know them yet, but as you get older, you're going to find out because I found out. I found out actually that a lot of people like me and and that was surprising, but it was also comforting, too, because we do want people to like us. But, you know, not more than God likes us. And so I, I guarantee you uh, and, you know, I'm pastor uh, in a few years from now. Um, you're going to say, hey, Pastor Jesse, I got more friends who like me now. And, and we want that to be for one reason. And that is because you uh, grow up to be an honorable young man who loves the Lord and loves his mom and uh, and loves the gospel. And you are striving uh, to 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 do what's right. But hold it. Mm-hmm. I think I found out my real question. OK. I don't think some stuff is going a little well for me. Okay. Like, I don't think, like, no one's giving respect to me at school. Okay. And I just want that to change. Okay. How about the teachers? They give me respect. Okay. I mean, they try to be nice to students. Okay. So you're talking, when you say no one, you're not meaning no one literally. You mean like your peers, like your your fellow students. Yeah, some because yeah. when I when I look at them, I I give respect to them, but I I try and try and just give them respect. They don't take it. They don't take it. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Man, do you guys remember? I'm just talking to like the thousands of people that are listening, David, because you know we we're, we got a group farm going on here. And I'm gonna get. I want you guys to call in and affirm, David. David, you are. Let me let me guess. 10 years old. Yes. Okay. So, man, I remember 10 years when I was 10 years old. I was like, I was just starting to play sports and I had oh, so many, so many issues, so many haters because I grew up in a neighborhood that was really tough. And um, the problem with haters is that they end up taking more of your time than it's really worth and you become myopic and this is not for you that you, you kind of lose sight of all of the actual people that like you. And this is the way the enemy likes to work. He likes you to focus in on the people that don't like you uh, instead of the people that do. And, and I didn't know that it was just normal part of growing up that when you become good at something, um, that people are going to hate you for it. And that's really the case. I mean, you know, you, you're human and you got your quirks like we all do. But generally, when people sustain a persistent uh, not liking you, it's because they're jealous. Okay? Yeah, okay. And And what I want you to do is not, I don't want you to, I don't want you to retaliate. I want you to... Continue to work on being uh, a, a young man of integrity and character and thanking God for all that you have. And, and then look for your friends and um, just associate with them and ignore the haters. At least I'm not an animal because I, I just hate being an animal. I, I, I agree with you, brother. I agree. I totally agree. Listen, I'm praying for you like all the thousands of people out here are doing now, and I'll talk to you later, okay? Okay. One more thing. Yes, sir. Have you heard that song, I'm Blessed? Yes. 
Your mother plays okay. that around. Your, does your mother play that around the house? No, because she doesn't know that much about I'm blessed. She doesn't even know if it, if it has bad words. <laughs> How did you hear about it? I heard it on the radio. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Did you like? Do you like the song? Yeah, it's fine. It's just peaceful. It just talks about when it's like when it happens, and like it's happily about church. Yep. 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 Listen, I got to go. I'm I'm way overdue. Thank you, little brother. <laughs> Blessings. All right, we got to take a break. That was David, y'all. You keep our little brother in prayer. A lot of challenges for our little young men. Our young women, too. There's no doubt about it. This world is a mess, and we really need to keep them in our prayers. I'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right, that was great. Um... 35 minutes maybe uh, in this hour. Two lines open. One, triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. You guys pray for David and all the Davids of the world um, who are highly potentialed young men with all sorts of uh, prospects for the future and definitely need models. Um, I wish I could bring David with me to our um, uh, upcoming uh, March 24th uh, prayer breakfast at Progressive Baptist Church, Baptist Church, if you're interested, you can call Progressive and ask, could you be there? I don't know what kind of limitations they may have. I hope to take about 20 to 30 men with me. Uh, I am passionate about passing the gospel down as a discipler to other men. Uh, and we have the blessing of a multi-general fellowship at Grace. Um, I have men as old as almost 90 and uh, young a young budding theologians as young as 14 and 15. I was just looking at um, our class on Saturday and I looked across the room and I saw, okay, he's uh, 14 turning 15. He's 15 turning 16. He's 16 turning 17. He's 19. He's 21. He's 24. He's 27. He's 30. He's 35. He's 45. He's 50. He's 60. He's 65. He's 77 years old. He's 80 years old. That's intergenerational brothers and sisters. That's when you try to um, establish a fellowship that actually is able to um, cross the boundaries and impact our younger men for the next generation. And God promises that it will. And that's what I want to talk about, because that's how you sustain healthy church for generation after generation after generation. What a blessing. What a blessing. Let me talk to Mark on line number three. Mark, what's your question, comment, or observation? Well, the brother mentioned you should go out two and two if you can. And there's an interesting verse somewhere in Acts where Paul says there was an open door given him to preach the gospel at Troas, but he was so nervous about finding Titus or Timothy or some brother, and uh, and he couldn't find him, that he, he uh, did not preach. He did not take that open door. And I, I think about how he said he was clean from the blood of all men because he had not shown to declare the whole counsel of God to everybody at are, all times. Are you, are you presently breaking into a building while you're talking to me on this program? Did you just set the alarm uh, at, at the... Um, <laughs> At at the at the uh, fast money exchange building, um, uh, while you're talking to me about Christ, is that is that what you're doing? Is that what you are you holding hostages right now, Mark? 
Uh, no, sir, I just put my seat belt on in my van. I'm driving here. I, I ran over a cat. Did I tell you on the 31st? Uh, <sighs> you're killing the ladies, so Mark. You're killing um, the ladies right yeah. now. You just lost points okay. with the sisters. Okay. It was an accident. It was, okay. you know, I just, I saw it squirming in my rearview mirror, and it was very upsetting because I've never done that before. But um, anyway. You think point, that's an omen? Really, you think that's an omen? Excuse me? You, I have no idea. You think the Lord was but, saying uh, something to you? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, That's a good response. I do know when Paul would take those open doors, which was most of the time, it says he would say none of the things than those things that Moses in the law and the prophets did say should come. Yeah. And these things were not uttered, you know, two weeks before the event. You know, if I could draw an analogy, if I was to say, like, uh, George Soros would be eating a cheeseburger at a McDonald's in New York, and it, while he was chewing on the cheeseburger, he was uh, keel over dead, and then it and then it happened. That would be a prophecy, but of course it's not, and it won't happen. But these prophecies in regards to Christ were uttered that were were uttered centuries before the big event by yep. people that didn't know each other because they didn't know each other because they lived at different times. And the details are so precise, Jesus has to be the Messiah. And ultimately, if somebody does not become a Christian, it's because he doesn't want to know the truth. Because I agree. The truth is there. I agree. Yeah, and that's why Jesus, you know, when it's, he showed himself by many uh, infallible proofs for 40 days, that wasn't doing miracles. That's right. That was taking the scrolls written by Moses, written by Isaiah and Daniel, and David, and he was going there and, and say, look, this had to happen. Yep. Thus it behooves Christ to suffer. And really, this is the irrefutable proof of our faith, and we need to be bold, because the Buddhists don't have this, the Hindus don't have this, the Muslims, nobody has, has any evidence, because they can't point to any prophecy. But when we're dealing with these prophecies, uh, they were, I mean, even the newest, Zechariah, Haggai, yep. Malachi, yep. guys like that, we're dealing with 400 years, not two weeks. And that's why I told you, years. and that's why I told you, you need to write your stuff down so it can be vetted and corrected for the necessary Christocentricity that's frequently missing out of your conversation about uh, aspects of biblical prophecy that are worth discussing, but not in some kind of ad hoc, you know, this number, that number, the other number. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Well, this much we know, uh, Valentine's Day will be 6,000 from 9-11. Everyone has to agree to that, including leap years. That's what it'll be. We've been here 6,000 years, roughly, I just started him. from Adam. Pardon me? Nothing. I'm going to give you one. The reason why I'm going to give you uh, two more minutes as I talk with you is because you did such an excellent job of speaking to a biblical authority and the verity of Scripture historically and the usefulness of prophecy to affirm the reality of the person of Jesus of Nazareth, which is really what our work is about. And you admonished all of us, as rightly so, Mark, that we have a testimony in Scripture, if we should handle this sword correctly, to pierce into the conscience of men and help them understand the accuracy of biblical truth versus those people out there who question the verity of biblical truth that we have in our hand uh, and and call men and women uh, to bear on the fact that the 
great Lord and Savior has summoned them to bow the knee to Jesus. And it has been written and documented in the testimony of Scripture, which is for us the infallible and errant word of God, by which not only we know him and are certain of our salvation, but others can know him and are certain of their salvation through it um, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word is because there's no light in them. You've done a good job on that. But now when you start moving into these other uh, 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 mathematical equations relative to um, <laughs> to uh, Valentine's Day, etc., cetera, um, I'm just going to give you one minute and, and I'm going to let you know. Actually, I almost ran that time. I'm going to give you 30 seconds and I'm going to let you go. Okay, well, I believe 29. Paul would start with Daniel 9 because it does actually narrow down to the precise year when all these things would take place. This is why when he rode the donkey into Jerusalem, got off the donkey, and got onto the baby donkey, the colt, that had never been ridden and showed his dominion over the animals and fulfilled the Zechariah 9, verse 9 prophecy, he said, if these were all together to hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. In other words, this is the year, this is the actual year that the angel Gabriel said through the prophet Daniel, that the Messiah would be cut off, but not for himself, and cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And so that's why he said that. Yep. Okay. These Jesus. Who's the other guy? This is what I tell people. I was talking to the, there was a Jewish rabbi at a college a few days ago planting an oak tree, and and uh, I was talking to the people uh, there about this. That if Jesus is not the Messiah. Who is the other guy? That's exactly right. narrows it down to a year. No, really, this is so phenomenal that, look, it's like we know Martin Luther uh, did what he did exactly 500 years ago, and the Jews knew exactly that Cyrus did what he did 490 years ago, because he resurrected the entire nation of Israel in a sentence. A divine sentence. You and I, we, we are we are in total agreement with all this. This is all biblically verified. We have scriptural text to affirm it. Um, we are we are somewhat confident about the five five hundred year of the Reformation and and, and Luther nailing the, the ninety five theses on the door at Wittenberg. Uh, but we have a more sure word of testimony uh, in the scriptures. That is where we stand upon and tell the truth. Now, for time's sake, I got to let you go simply because we are up against the doorknob. But uh, I do commend you for. Um, being edifying to the whole body of Christ on topics that uh, are, are can be be uh, affirmed and, and contained in the Scripture, Mark. So all the lines are open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I am going to take a break, but think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Think about the um, panoply of um, artillery in the uh, in the arsenal of the Word of God. Um, to deal with all of the gainsayers and all of the um, carping uh, imaginations that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ out there if we were to use the Word of God with that kind of effectiveness by being interested in the Word of God. That's the problem with our generation. We are Christians detached from the truth. All the lines are open. I'll take your calls on any subject for the last 30 minutes that are uh, worthy of discourse and honorable in their nature. one 367 We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. All right. We've got three lines open. one 367 
5329-1888-367-5329. You can give me a call if you want to chime in on our topic and conversation. Let's go to line one and talk with James from the Bay. James, what's going on, man? How you doing there, Pastor Jesse? I'm great. What's your thoughts? Well, it was interesting that you were, I think before you went to the break, uh, I think you mentioned sort of being able to, these weren't sure words, but to be able to, you know, discuss the Word of God, to be able to, you know, uh, discuss, the, uh, you know, the Bible. I mean, I think as believers, God has given us the ability to be able, I don't want to say be able to speak in, in, in a balanced sort of way, to be able to talk about everything, but to be able to prioritize, because our Lord and Savior always comes first. But he's also given us the ability to have conversations with people who may not be believers or or who may be somewhat shipwrecked or just uncertain. But I found in conversating with people is that when we encourage them, not necessarily telling them who I serve, but it eventually, you know, he eventually is going to come out. Exactly. He's eventually going to come out. I said exactly. Mm-hmm. And when we speak the truth to them in love, it has really nothing to do with us as individuals, but as us being vessels. Because people have to remember that, well, at least I'm, I'm learning that, and people have to remember that we are vessels. He's looking for mouthpieces, you know, to be able to speak his word. That's his right. His word will penetrate the callous heart. That's or right. The one that, or, or, or the heart that's broken, or the one that's hurt when we're able to discern where it is, where they are, you know, and we just have to be ready. We have to be able also be able to understand, to be able to apply the Word of God skillfully, you know, in a way that will quicken the spirit of an individual, or God use us to quicken the spirit of an individual, whatever they have in front of us. I agree. So, I agree. I agree. Uh, you, you, can, you can expand further. further. Did you have any more uh, that you were considering for what you called? Well, no, I mean, that, I mean, that's where I am. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying that as a, you know, encourager to other believers, because I know sometimes we can get tongue-tied. Sometimes we don't know maybe how to start off in evangelizing. Yeah, I mean, when, you evangel, when you're evangelizing, it doesn't have to start off as, thus saith the Lord. I mean, we know thus saith the Lord is the one who is sending us, but... As we conversate with people, that gives us avenues. I mean, the discussion, I mean, there's just so much out there. Like, you do it excellent with sports and all kinds of subjects, and everything can come back around to the Lord. Everything can. So right. Well, for for example, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, who just won the championship, uh, both the coach as well as the quarterback who won that game and several players were so graciously and wisely – respectful of the Lord Jesus Christ in their testimonies that, uh, you know, those of us who enjoy sports are inevitably going to make mention of that kind of door open and opportunity. And they're doing it. And they did it in such a way that was gracious, uh, James, and non-boastful. Uh, it didn't have the, the sort of um, attitude of uh, audacity or over-the-top confidence that would cause people to think that they were merely being religious. It was very gracious the way they did it. And they are simply taking an opportunity 
opportunity since now they have been honored by God with that platform to give him glory for it, which is what we do. And I agree with you. Um, Often what I say is we want to make a distinction between uh, uh, giving a testimony of God's grace in our life. Uh, and and actually, the euangelion are the preaching of the gospel. Those are two different things. Are the witnessing are declaring the truth about Christ. So I will often look for an opportunity for people to do what John, uh, Peter said in First Peter three fifteen: uh, Be ready, simply be ready to give an answer. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready. And that's what God is calling us to. Like you said, and it may even start on very practical social issues uh, and then end up being, you know, let me pray for you. For example, um, had a great time at my my son-in-law's house yesterday, just phenomenal. Uh, And there were some youngsters there, uh, a young man with actually two sons, James, who um, I I fundamentally believe does not really know Christ. But my um, son-in-law and uh, another member of the church's friend had uh, uh, they were close friends, had invited them over. So here they are, these three brothers. Uh, over at a football game where the house is largely Christian in nature, but we weren't acting like Christians. We were not acting unchristianly, but we weren't putting on some religious facade or overtly talking biblical language, kind of giving them hints. And the guys were relaxing and uh, comfortable, but they were also cordial. They did not um, use any uh, profanity of any significance. They didn't see that the atmosphere was one by which you can just be frivolous and careless with your words. They were gracious around our women because the house was filled with sisters and mothers and grandmothers, etc., aunts and what have you. And uh, lo and behold, after the game, uh, one of my one of our members uh, basically told the the persons that uh, that had come that I was a pastor. So that wasn't even put out up front. That was put out at the end. And then the brother said, hey, man, I just got a call while we were coming over to the game. My uncle died. And and can you pray for us? Well, that opened that door. Mm. You know, and it was just it was just enjoying life and uh, and and being and being human beings. Uh, But, you know, we always waiting for that moment. But you said that just because you can, you know, you can really only do that when you are confident in the Lord. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) You know, we 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 can just be who we are because we knows who we are. We know whose we are and we are not. Uh, putting on fig leaves and and boasting of any kind of, as I said earlier, pseudo pious disposition. I, that's a bunch of it. Don't it don't even amount to a hill of beans. Nor is it evangelical because when you're talking about evangelism, James, we're talking about evangelism the way Jesus did it, and that's the thing that I really get on people about. Uh, you know, in this false method where you run up on people in hog time and all that. Forget forget all that. That's not. Evangelism, that's proselytizing. There's a big difference. Uh, evangelism is really a, 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 a natural, organic consequent of eager looking forward to talking to someone about Christ, uh, whether it's missional, because we send, you know, our folks go out, uh, but we go out with the objective of only a door opening, not kicking doors open. Uh, and so we're not, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not manhandling people. Uh, and that's really critical. Christ went through the highways and the byways. He ate and drank with publicans and sinners and tax collectors and harlots and, and very controversial people as we are learning that honor is controversial. And when you do 
evangelism biblically, you're going to be controversial in your honor. And so uh, we have to know that. But when we're confident that we have a message that as soon as someone asks us about who Jesus is, we're ready. Absolutely. You all right, brother? You all right? You all right? I said absolutely. You know, I'm with you, man. I'm with you, man. I'm just, uh, it's just good to be able to talk to you. I haven't seen you in a minute. I hope to see you real soon out there. Uh, well, let me say this. Let me say this. So are you rolling with my, my, my young man right now? You know I am. Okay, good. Cause I, I, you know, you know he, I he just hollered at me about two weeks ago. Cause I didn't know what was going on, and then once he, he, he let me know um, the skinny. I was extremely happy, and I just assumed, wow, uh, you know, the Lord has come through, and so you guys have been able to continue to fellowship and and work together. And man, that's good news. Absolutely, you know. Did, did, did he let the cat out the bag about Wednesday nights? Yeah, he he did, and he ain't bothering me because you know yeah. I, I'm I'm doing something Wednesday nights. But as I told him, your Wednesday night ain't gonna bother my Wednesday night. Come on now, there's <laughs> seven million people in this in this in this in this Northern Bay area. You know that. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, all the opportunities that, yeah, it's not bothering me at all. We're getting ready to start our women's theology class on, on Wednesday nights. But, man, please, as, as, as Moses said, I wish all my, all my brethren would prophesy. So it's not going to bother me at all. Not at all. Not in the least bit. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely confident of that. You know, I just thought it was great for some of us over this way. They don't have to brave that. Listen, you know, I, I said, I said, logical, absolutely. I would, I would have yeah. done the same thing, James. I would have done the same thing. And see, our brother is young, and and that's how I was in my youth, man. I was getting at it. The my, the Lord knows, my wife knows, my family knows. We were hither and yon, uh, preaching the gospel, uh, where 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 bodies of believers were ready to really sit down and be taught a, 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 a glorious Savior, and uh, and God has blessed it significantly, and I'm trusting that that's going to happen too. Because, yeah, I agree with you. Man, that, that journey all the way yonder don't have to happen. We can we got seven days in the week. Come on. <laughs> seven Absolutely. days to get at it. Absolutely. So well, I'm at, I, you know, Gordo. No, no, I was just saying, you know, I, I still hope to check you out, you know, real soon. So, uh, oh, yeah, man. You know, you know, my prayers is always with you in the ministry. Absolutely. All of, you know, the ministers of the gospel. Absolutely. 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 Like I said, we got, we got, we got seven days. You know, we, we strong, we still strong with our men's meeting. We're still strong with our Friday study. And, and whenever you brothers need to, Come up for a breath of fresh air out there. Y'all know where to, you know where to come sit down and have a nice meal and then get on back out to the work. You know, God has graced us and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be co-laboring with you guys, man. Absolutely. So you still on Friday and Saturday. Okay. Yeah, that ain't going, that ain't going to end until, until the Lord says so. All right, man. All right, bless you. I'll talk to you later. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, all the lines are open. I'll take one more call, two more calls if you guys want to call in. one 367 one my brother James talking about the Lord striking a match and uh, creating some fellowship um, um, out, out yonder and then also local. He's just real good. He's so real good to us. I'm going to take a break. Again, one 367 We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gestand. Oh, okay. We're back. Let's see. Got 10 minutes to go. Um, yeah. Um, rules of engagement. 
number four, February 24th, March 3rd, March 10th, 2018. You guys want to get your marriages um, fired up and uh, exhort it. Three Saturdays at the end of February, February 24th, March 3rd, and March 10th. We will be having our annual, if not biannual, rules of engagement dealing with marriage. If you are contemplating marriage, if you have a son or a daughter contemplating marriage and you really want to get a... um, a fast track on the fundamentals of marriage. Just the three of us is our conference this year, um, February 24th, 3 to 5 p.m. every Saturday, February 24th, March 3rd, March 10th, 2018, 3 to 5. Great time, uh, great exposition, interaction, questions, comments, smooth food, snacks, child care will be occurring. If you're interested, call our office. Um, let's see, 510-886-9782. Call the office if you want to get on the list. We do need to make sure we know how many people are coming out so that we can serve you guys best. You'll hear me talk more about it in the future. And then our women's theology class is also coming up. I think that's like in March or something, but I'll, I'll let you know. I think it's March 9th, 12th, 11th, 18th, something. I better stop that. Anyhow, uh, let me go to the phone lines and talk with, um, let me start with Rodney on line number three. Rodney, what's going on, man? How you doing, Pastor Justin? I'm good. What's happening with you? I I appreciate you. That that just the three of us, I love that, you know, because being a musician, I am. I played that song, Just the Two of Us. Don't you love it? So powerful. I love that. I said, just the three of us. How <laughs> wonderfully clever. Just getting back to the point when you were talking to James and about the coach. Now, I saw a movie years ago with Denzel and what it was called, The Great Debaters. I, I loved kids, it. Yeah, I loved they it. were training with the cork in the mouth, and they were saying, God says who wins and who loses. Yeah. God says who wins and who loses. Yeah. And then you look in the Bible, it says that God resists the proud and he exists and he he embraces the humble. Yeah. The humble. Yeah. The Super Bowl. Yeah. You hit something. That's what got me to call because I was first, I said, okay, let me call. Because I've been watching this thing and, and before I used to be caught up, if my team didn't win, I'd be like, right. I realized how much stock I put in a football game. Right. Because sometimes it's like, so I'm like, okay, the great debate is from. It was Jason Terry one year. They were playing. He was playing with Dallas. It wasn't even my team. I said, probably, I'm watching. And at the end, if you listen to the end, you got to listen all the way to the end. Yeah, you did. And they interviewed him. <clears throat> and he said, because he started throwing up some three-pointers, and they just started going in. And he said, Lord Jesus. Okay, then we come back. Alabama, I'm watching the football game. They put in that young kid. Sure. And they said, what happened? And he said, my family's going to be mad at me, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Zoop. Yeah, and then even at the Grammys, because you have people going, "I want to thank God." Blah blah blah. Yeah, but the power is in the name. The name is in Jesus. A lot of people say God. They don't say God is good enough for me. But I'm saying, they say the name. Yeah, Lord Jesus. So the coach from the you heard it, the coach from the Eagles, he said, Lord Jesus. And Didn't then the, and it? then get back to Steph Curry when the world the first year because the Warriors. They weren't planning to win, and just like Charles Barkley was there, you ain't gonna win. He had to eat all his words. Yep. You know, you ain't going to win. And if anybody remembers, Steph, when he first came out, and he's still somewhat humble. Sure. But when he first came out, he was so humble. He'd bring Wiley to the, he would bring Wiley to the, his daughter to the interview, and he would talk highly about the Lord. Yep. In the interview. Yep. They won that thing. 
I'm watching it. When they got to the parade, because that's what I look for. I look for God to get the glory, and I'm listening to what's happening. Not one person, not Steph, not nobody at that parade mentioned it. And they don't mention him anymore because you got people that come. You say you can't say that no more. Right. There's no doubt. There's, there's no doubt about that, that he's been clamped down. And if you if you listen to my ethics, one of the things I do say, Rodney, is there is a time and season for everything. This is what we're learning through the book of Esther. Esther is not at liberty to reveal her true identity yet because the identity has to be revealed strategically by God at a time when God really will be honored. So what what Curry has learned is that he's in an environment that accepts a more general view of God. But if he started this trend of Jesus, 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 then he will have to deal with the hostility that comes with that. So the best thing you and I can do, the best thing you and I can do is pray for him because we don't quite know what it's like to be in his shoes with that kind of power and wealth and resources. I ho- we're praying that, you know, it's That's it's right. not compromise, but rather just sensitivity for opportunities. Because there is that other side of it, as you know, where people like to blab off about the Lord Jesus. Then we find out they're doing all kind of shady things. At that point, the Lord's yeah. name is taken in vain. <laughs> so we want to be very careful about that. But the quarterback for Philadelphia, which is a humble dude, he did the same thing when they won, uh, when they won the championship for them to go to the Super Bowl. He was just like, I said, whoa. And he was humble about it, just like his coach. And and your point is well taken that when we are the Lords and he gives us a platform like my brother, uh, Jonathan Butler, he going to bring it. <laughs> go ahead. Is he going to bring it? He, yes, he is. Gonna, I met that brother. I was on the war flame on the war years ago. He walked up to me and he joined me. Yeah, he going to be a yes. Yeah, that would be a yes. Yeah, he, he, no, I, no, I'm enjoying your testimony, but he was the one that impacted me years ago, um, you know, in jazz music and, and, and knowing what happened, how God, how God rescued him and saved him and how he will take occasion at the end of any concert to just get right at the gospel and right at the Lord Jesus. And, you know, uh, we're not trying to, we're not trying to offend anybody. We're not trying to boast about anything. We're just keeping it real and graciously looking for that door that's open. And God honors that. He just honors that. Yeah. So, well, my last request, I just wanted to, because I thank God for the ministry. I thank God for your wealth of information, the fresh water that comes out of your mouth from that Bible, the way you teach the word. If I, I need to come and when you want to get a drink of water at Grace, I really appreciate I know where I can go, not discredit anybody else's ministry. Right. All the other places. Right. I thank God right. I know you and I've experienced you. Yeah. So just I prayed I want to I'm gonna keep you in prayer. Please keep us in prayer. One hundred listen, listen, else. you're a foot soldier. You don't think I'm gonna keep you in prayer? You're a foot soldier. <laughs> we got we got this is my other brother Joel, uh he had called early. I don't know if you heard Joel, he runs the uh, uh, uh suicide uh, hotline. This is one of our, our soldiers in the church. You you wouldn't know him if okay. you, you saw him on the street, he wouldn't know you unless you open your <laughs> mouth. But but we all we all we all doing the work. Yes, sir. we I all doing the work, and, and and see that's that's the beauty of it. See, it's really secret. It's really it's Rodney Burr. It's secret. <laughs> yes, sir. It's secret because like one day this whole thing gonna blow wide open, and and the Lord gonna he gonna know those who are His. Thank you, Lord. That's right. why we just yeah. love on people, love on people, and tell them about Christ, yeah. and keep using yeah. your gift, brother. Keep using your gift. 
I will, sir. You do likewise. Yes. You do likewise. I love you, and I love the ministry. Amen. Amen. Blessings. Just the the three of us. I appreciate that. You keep it going. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. All right. right. Yeah, we winded it down. Uh, Great, great comeback. Yeah, that was so sweet. Um, Bird's a musician, and he understood the double entendre in that. I hope you guys, too, did, too. I'm looking forward to an exciting uh, three weekends with you guys of teaching and preaching and laughing and crying and, and corrections and admonitions and building up our younger generation in marriage. There's so much, so much to do, so much, so much to do. Um, Pray for me. I'll pray for you. Um, Keep your eyes on Christ and uh, keep your head in the word uh, and love one another. Until then, God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.